0: perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the Draft Kings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
1: is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board.
0: This is And banging Iron I Am Rap Poor Stereo Podcast is here. Higgity, have no fear. Banging, I Am Rap Poor Stereo Podcast in the place to be. On today's I Am Rap Poor Stereo Podcast, the young shooter is back to give us some much-needed levity. Dean Collins, Deuce Pacino, Deuce Cunnels is in the place to be. Uh, we're talking about the incredible performance I gave. The ground-shaking, earth-moving Performance I gave as the biggest, baddest pickle the masked singer has ever seen. That's right. I was on the masked singer. In case you've been hiding under a rock somewhere, uh, you should YouTube the clips right now. The pickle on the masked singer and uh, continue to listen to the podcast. We're talking about that. Obviously, we have to touch on everything that's going on in the world. And we're sending love, love, and how I actually fell in love with America's sweetheart, Mary Lou Retton. Well that morning more in a hard-hitting, fully, fully disruptive Iron Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast coming up right now. Miles Jordan, a.k.a. The Bleach Brothers, a.k.a. The Dust Brothers. Start this puppy off with something real nice, yes. Start this puppy off with something real loud, yes. But most importantly, start this puppy off with something real funky. This is the I Am Rap-A-Port Stereo Podcast. Let's fucking go. Boom. Boom. Have no fear, the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast is here. Higgity, have no fear, the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast is here. Boom. Welcome to the Iron Dome of Disruption. Welcome to the Ziggity Zone of Disruption. My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the People's Pickle, a.k.a. the Inflamed Ashkenazi, a.k.a. The Gringo Mandingo, a.k.a. the Raging Bullshitter, a.k.a. Mr. New York, you are now rocking with the very, very best, the world's most disruptive podcast, the I Am Rapaport Stereo Podcast, coming live and direct. Without further ado, we're going to bring him right in here. They call him Deuce Cuddles. They call him Deuce Pacino. Okay? They call them Deuce Cuddles and or some people call them Deuce Pacino. Why are you fixing your hair?
3: Because you told me that I needed to look presentable. I don't have a studio Yeah, life. but
0: I'm giving your intro and you're like, Fri- I mean, what the fuck, sorry, man? man? It's <laughs> not Beverly Hills 90210. You
3: told me to fix my hair. I was trying to get moisturizer on. I'm trying but to do everything I But fix your hair before you come on the show. Like I'm giving you your intro and you're like, I mean, what, what the fuck? Sorry, man. I continue on with the intro.
0: I try, man. I try to come with an open heart, a generous open heart every time. And it's like you you don't you make it difficult. Without further ado, Deuce Deuce Pacino, Deuce Cuddles. The young shooter is back, boom.
3: You act like you don't you act like it's so miserable to have me back but you want me back you you text me can you pod can you pod and then you do it and you're like oh without further ado oh you do this oh you do that and it's like you want me here you want me here and I'm and I'm happy to be here here.
0: I'm not gonna argue that I'm not happy for you to be here I'm happy for you to be here but then when I when we start and I gotta look at you like you go through like your hair like you're literally think you're Jason Priestley (laughs) in his prime you're not
3: Okay, I, no, I I don't think that. You just told me to fix my. You said before we started you were like, "Is that how you before, want to present yourself?" Exactly.
0: Before we started, you ain't Jason Priestley in his prime. You ain't never going to be Jason Priestley in his prime. You, uh, it, there's nothing you could do to be uh, Scott Bayo in his prime to be John Stamos in his prime. Finally, I recognize
3: okay? one of these fucking names. I mean, you're talking to a, a '90s baby here. I mean, like Jason Priestley, fucking Scott Bayo. This is not like someone to strive. You don't to know be, who like, Jason Priestley is? I know the name, but I what was this? What fucking The Facts of Life? Was he on The Facts of Life? What what show was he from? From your time, Laverne and you're, Shirley. You're, you're asking me, huh? Laverne and Shirley. Was he in Laverne and Shirley? Who, who, was he the heartthrob in Laverne and Shirley? Who, who is that? Jason Priestley. Jason Priestley. I'm fucking 33 years old, man. You got to start talking my language. I don't know who you're talking about. My man, you're not a young buck
0: anymore, homie. I'm still young. You ain't a young buck anymore, homie. The Shooter's here. Deuce Collins is here. We have a lot to discuss. A lot. Right. We got a lot of pickles to cut up.
3: I mean, can we start with that? Can we just get right into Mass Singer? Because I, I have been keeping my mouth shut for about two months now. You've, you've said in the beginning, you said, I signed an NDA. You can't tell anybody that I'm doing this show. I've been so excited that it's finally, it's it's over. We now know that you are the pickle. You're unmasked. But I have been like, I haven't told anyone in my f- family, my friends. And we went to the set together. We had to wear those V Stiviano shields on our face with sweatshirts that say, don't talk to me. I mean, it was like, it was like on some presidential shit.
0: Yo, uh, that is extremely, extremely accurate. Um, that that was the hardest part of the Masked Singer experience. For those of you who have been you know, living under a rock for the last, I don't know, three or four days, I was on the Masked Singer. I was incredible. I made it to the second round, and unfortunately, I got voted off. I went out in truly disruptive form, um, nobody knew what was happening, um, but the non-disclosure aspect of it, the they tell you not to tell anybody. You sign papers saying you're not going to tell anybody, and I ain't looking for another lawsuit.
3: I thought you were looking for another. I thought you liked lawsuits. You're like, bring on the I don't lawsuits. like
0: lawsuits. I don't mind beefs. Lawsuits, I'm not into. We we, we already got one going, mm-hmm. and uh, we it, it's arduous. It's a pain in the ass. So... They say it's secretive. They say don't tell anybody. The only person who I told was my wife and you. I didn't even tell the Dust Brothers. I didn't even tell my kids. I didn't tell my sister. I didn't tell my mom. I didn't tell my dad. I didn't tell my brother. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody because I was like, yo, they say don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. And I like to tell everybody yeah, everything. Me too. Me too. And I told you, and I was in LA for like three weeks, and people were like, why are mm-hmm. you here? What are you doing here? Why are you here so long? And you know, and I couldn't say I was working because we strike. were on strike and we currently are on strike. And I was just like, you know, you know changing the subject. And uh, you know, finally the pickle's out of the jar. And uh, uh, that big pickle is out of the jar. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'm the pickle, yeah. And mm-hmm. we had a great, great, experience but yeah i mean you know the, the shooter was coming to the set they give you the v stiviano mask they give you these like extra extra large hoodies and gloves I mean, Can't everything. Even show, like if it's a white person or a black you got to cover it. one day I, I had i think i had on shorts or i don't know sweatpants and my and they're like you got to cover all skin or i had on flip-flops and you could see my white feet and they're like you need to wear sneakers and socks and uh, you know, like I was like, all right, okay. And, and you can't leave you the know, set,
3: you know? And, and we were like, fuck man, we're in the, we're sitting in this trailer for like, I mean, we were there for like 10 hours sometimes. We were sitting in that trailer and we were like, well, let's just go outside and get some lunch and sneak off the set. And I mean, the second we snuck off that lot in, in Hollywood or wherever, wherever the studios were, there were a team of like 10 people following behind, like, what are you guys doing? You can't be on the sidewalk. I mean, it was, it was high security. Um, it was a fun time. And we, I, I was shocked that they voted you off um, because you were the most entertaining person on that show. And, I, and your ego is so massive as it is. And I don't want to stroke it anymore Um, And so I would be the first to tell, you know, I wouldn't say anything if I didn't think that you did a good job dancing, singing. But this is an avenue for you. And you really shined. I mean, you you shined on this show. I mean, everyone else, there's a cow. There's a, a person who's in a costume who's a s'more. I mean, they were like fucking so boring. And you came out there, you shined. And we said, if they vote you off and if you get unmasked, we're going to go full Andy Kaufman. We're gonna just full disruption, full, disruption, full meltdown, full, full
0: Iverson. We're that's it. We're not fucking around. We're not, where are you? Sorry, where'd my you go? Computer
3: fell. Um, yeah, no. Where'd you go? Sorry,
0: no. I'm talking about being on the mass singer. Where'd you go?
3: Sorry about that. Just,
0: Is the computer stable now? Yeah, I'm just trying to. I'm talking. I'm sharing my my experience, with the thrill of victory and the unfortunate agony of defeat. And you're dropping your computer. I'm on my
3: laptop. Square Sorry. yourself up. Sorry about that.
0: But yeah, I mean. You know, the I gotta be honest with you. When I first got asked to do it, I was like, Yeah, sure, I'll do it. And then Kibi, my wife, was like, what the fuck? And I was like, I don't know. And I was like, I gotta do a singing rehearsal tomorrow. She's like, What are you talking about? I was like, I know, I'm fucking I was like, what the fuck? I like I thought I had made a huge mistake. I thought I had made a huge, huge mistake. And we started doing the rehearsals on Zoom. And I'm with, there's an executive. There's like somebody else and there's a singing coach. I've never met them. I've never sang before. And they're like, well, you try this song. And I think it was, it was Journey. It was Any Way You Want It by Journey, Mm -hmm. which is not an easy song to do. Steve Perry's a a falsetto voice. And I just start singing and I'm like, what the fuck? But I kept practicing. I obviously didn't do, uh, you know, Any Way You Want It by Journey. My first song was Pinball Wizard. By the Who, the great rock band, uh, from the musical Tommy, uh, the rock musical Tommy, and uh, I was like, "This is a song we're doing," and I was practicing that fucking song. I'd be on the streets of New York practicing uh, that song. You wouldn't song. shut the fuck the- up about
3: it. I mean, you were fucking calling me at two in the morning, my time, five o'clock in the morning, your time, being like, "Yo, I need to practice this. Can you just can you just hear me?" Right? I, I-, I was fucking sleeping. You're calling me in all fucking hours of the night, like. I wasn't there to hear you practice, but then I started to get on my coach shit. I started to get on that shit. Who's the guy from uh from Rocky? You started to get on your Mickey shit. Yeah, like or, or Chubs from Happy Gilmore. Who's your Crimson Tide? Yeah, shit? some of that shit. I needed I needed to get you in the right register because you you were sounding like shit in the beginning. You were flat. You sounded Ugh. you sounded awful, but we got you there with my coaching because I I do take a lot of responsibility and, and credit for that. Um, but you you know they're not fucking around. You're doing vocal warm ups. You're doing exercises. We're doing the you know the we're doing we were doing that for fucking weeks on end. But we had to keep it tight lipped. And you know it finally aired the second episode last night. The unmasking. I mean, me and my girlfriend were watching it in my house, and I mean, we, you know we were treating it like the Super Bowl. I mean, we got wings, we got chips, we got all candy. It was like um, the season finale of Succession is on. You know, we really wanted to prepare for this event, and I knew the outcome, unfortunately. But while that was going on live on the set, because you were battling it out with that s'more, and we could, you know, the, the audience started to turn on you. They started to get a lot louder for the s'more. They weren't really cheering for you as loud as I thought they were, and I was watching from the monitors with everyone being like, "Fuck, this guy might." He might get voted off out here.
0: I I knew before. I had a bad feeling before the SmackDown. Uh, I had a like it was like the producers mm-hmm. and the makeup people like got distant. Like You're they right. wanted to sever ties with me. Well, that, you had like I to... got that like they they got distant with me and and I was like, whoa, you were just so excited mm-hmm. to like touch me up and like that's when word. I was like, oh shit, I don't know what the fuck they got. I don't know what uh, how it works, but the competitive spirit to me they had me thinking i was Mick Jagger out in that that's motherfucker what I, and that's that was what so i want to talk about so encouraging and after the first rehearsal like when we did the first rehearsal and i'm in the pickle costume which by the way is of extremely constraining costume the s'more costume, the cow costume, I don't know, whatever whatever else they got up there. They're able to move around. Mm-hmm. Tom Sandoval was the diver the week before. Sandoval from Vanderpump Rules got voted off before, which was fucking crazy because he was right. Next to us for like two or three days, and we didn't get to talk to him because everybody's walking around in masks.
3: That was incredible. And and that was like when the whole fucking crazy shit with Tom Sandoval happened, too, because we know he shot this a couple of months ago, but um the
0: night before I went to Tom Tom mm-hmm. to try to see Tom Sandoval oh, yeah, like just did. because I've been re- Yeah, I've been re-watching Vanderpump. And then I it turns out that Tom Sandoval Sandoval's like in a trailer. 10 feet away from me as the diver, and he got voted up. We We could have been chilling with him. We could have been chilling with him the whole time. We could have been chilling with him the entire time.
3: We could have been talking about Ariana. We could have been talking about uh, Bambi-eyed bitch in the mental hospital. We could have been really just like riffing with him. And he seemed like a nice guy. We could have been
0: talking about Schwartz and Sandys.
3: We could have been chilling with Sandoval, but they had us secluded. They had him secluded. It was bullshit. But I do want to just touch upon that how you felt like Mick Jagger because I had I saw a major shift in you and your personality and who you are as a being because you you started to think, I mean, you started to really believe that you sounded like Mick Jagger. And, I mean, you're out there in a pickle costume doing, you know, Beverly Hills by Weezer, and you really thought that you were a part of the Rolling Stones at this point because we're backstage. People are putting mics on your ears. People are, you know, touching you up with hair and makeup. And, you know, I've, I've worked with you on sets and things like that. Acting, But this was a whole other beast. And, um, you know, people talk about, you know, you hear things about Mariah Carey and how she can only have an an all-white dressing room or, you know, only red Skittles. Don't put any of the purple ones in there. I, you were the male version of Mariah Carey. You were the biggest diva I have ever seen. So when people didn't, when you said that people got a little distant with you before that second song, I think they were scared of you because because you really did not want to get voted off, and I think that you had made it very apparent like who you are and you know how shit will hit the fan if they do vote you off, and I think people were scared, but you were a fucking diva. I'm gonna
0: be honest, and you were there, and, and my wife, I couldn't even tell her till the next day, but straight up and down, yeah, because after we performed. It was a Friday. And in my head, I was like, I'm going to go to the next round and then we're going to go that night to In-N-Out Burger. I'm going to get a double-double animal style. I'm going to get double-double animal style cheeseburger, a chocolate milkshake, and I'm going to get myself uh, animal style fries. And that's going to be my celebration from going from the second round to the third round. When they voted me off and I came back to the hotel. Were you on suicide Yo, I'm watch? I'm not gonna, it wasn't suicide watch, but I was- You were hurt. I was
3: fucking- Angry. Defeated. I was hurt for real, for I real. I know you were, this isn't an act either. Like this, this is- No, you this were, is straight up. Because you're very competitive and I, I didn't realize how competitive you are, but-
0: I didn't realize how cr- competitive I was either. And crazy. And the, the next day was a Saturday. And my wife was like, "Are you tired?" I was like, "I'm tired." But I wasn't because she, I was tired. You were
3: depressed.
0: I I was yeah, depressed. Tired. I was like def- he didn't want to go And I had to, to admit to her later. I was like, "Yo, I can't believe that I yeah.
3: lost." Like she's like, "Yeah, but you did good." I was like, "No. No, we were planning on having you stay in LA for months. we were planning on you going to the very end." And I thought for sure after that second song, Beverly Hills, I kept telling you. I was like, "There's you're a shoe-in. There's no way they're going to vote you off." But you were voted off. It is what it is. We'll be fucking protesting. But you know what? We're, we're You're going to take Robin thick spot in the panel. We need you on the fucking panel. We need you as a judge because you bring that show a lot of joy and entertainment. You you bring that to the masses. And uh, you did a fantastic job in all seriousness. You really did. And everyone loved you there. So anyway, it is what it is. Let's try not to fucking think about it.
0: Nah, because when we start talking about the losing, it brings up and conjures up those old feelings I hear you. of defeat. And I don't deal with loss uh, well. I am
2: report Podcast.
0: We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. John Wall, baby, needs no introduction. Every week, the five-time NBA All-Star and the number one pick In the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA and what's going on now in the league. CJ will bring his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John Wall will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show to give their unfiltered accounts of what's really going on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
0: Yo, it reminded me of when I was coaching my kids' basketball team, which, you know, if there had been a podcast back then when I was coaching my kids' basketball team from when they were about 8 to 13, that would have been incredible. Mm -hmm. Because the, the competitive spirit that I had wanting them to win and then having to be like, oh, yay, after we lost, and wanting to be like these fucking little shits, they fucking beat our... Fuck them, the other team, the other coaches, the referees. Fuck you. There, there's a movie in that. Got-
3: there, there's there's got to be a movie with you coaching some fu- I And mean, that's kind of like the Will Ferrell movie, Kicking and Screaming with the soccer team. But they need to update that because I've seen you coach some like 10-year-olds and it's it's comedic gold there. But I, yeah, you get fucking, mm. you take it seriously.
0: And like, you know, I put time into it and I just did not think I was going home. I was like, at least if I make it to the finals, I could accept that. Right. I could, and and you brought up Rocky, and I felt like Rocky. I felt like Rocky. I felt like Rudy. I felt like I was the underdog, but the people knew. Big deal, energy is a real thing. I it it wasn't Pete Davidson big dick energy. I brought that big deal energy. I brought it to the people. I brought it right to their laps at home. Mm -hmm. This is a family friendly show, so it was a great experience. If you guys didn't get a chance to watch it, go on YouTube. And look up the masked singer pickle, and you're gonna go, Holy shit. There is, and, and to everybody that's been DMing me who listens to the podcast, number one, I've seen all the DMs. Number two, I couldn't respond because of the, the non disclosure agreement. Number three, I'm still in suspension in from responding hole. to, I'm in the hole. So uh, some of you guys who listen to the podcast, you, you've been DMing me about Israel. You've been DMing me about the pickle, and you go, "I know you can't respond," which I appreciate that. It's the ones that I say it over and over and over, and I put the message, I can't respond, and they're like, "Yo, uh, I sent you a message. Did yeah, like, you see it?" I'm like, "What? What the fuck, man? I It says right that there, point, I can't." You know,
3: res- it's just like, I don't know what's going on with your brain. He says you can't respond, but I am proudly wearing my birthright israel sweatshirt because i i went on birthright uh for two weeks i extended my trip what's going on is fucking horrific and uh, you know i don't know if you want to get into all that but i'm um, you've been a major ally talking about it you've been speaking up about it which is great everyone is so silent when it comes to the jews and um you know this is something
0: it, it is fucking horrible the, the only thing I will say about it today on the podcast, and I, I say this all the time about news, the one thing that I will say today is do yourself a favor. If, if you think Fox News is ridiculous, watch Fox News. If you think CNN and MSNBC are ridiculous, watch CNN and MSNBC. If you think Ben Shapiro is a joke and a racist, watch Ben Shapiro and vice versa. If you think John Oliver is a snowflake, watch that. Follow AOC, follow uh, Dan Bongino, follow and listen to as much information regarding this Israel situation, this uh, Gaza situation, this Hamas terrorist group situation. And even after you do follow read of the wall street journal uh, the daily news the new york post you're still going to go i don't totally understand but if you're only getting one source one side of the story you are you're you're not getting the full story and even if you put a, a wide net out there it's so complicated and so um there's so many details to the history uh, that you still won't have a a full grasp of it. But that's the one thing I'll say about it today. And I I mean that with all sincerity. I've also learned this week, um, and and it was very apparent during the pandemic, that how much the public school education system of New York um, and the public school education of my one year at Fairfax High School and the private schools that I went to, how much they failed me. And if I was the parent of Michael Rappaport, I would want my money back. I'd be looking for a lawsuit because I am so uneducated. And the fact that I am on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and all these other social media platforms, listening to people like myself, uh, listening and watching charts from like, you know, influencers, uh, getting speeches and so forth and so on, that I'm getting educated. About real life world history from people on TikTok just goes to show how truly uneducated I am. It's
3: a goddamn shame. And America. I mean, not just you. I mean, it's fucking everybody. That's me too. It's it's really sad. That's how we're getting our news and information. I mean, it's pathetic, but you know, I try I'm trying to stay informed, but at the same time, it's a lot. It's a lot of horrible shit. And um it's very upsetting. It's it's hard to to look at all of it, to be honest with you. You don't want to turn a blind eye, but it's just, it is really, really upsetting. So
0: very upsetting, very upsetting, very, you know, and there, the loss of life, you know, from so many innocent people is just overwhelming. And if this whole thing stopped today, if the attack uh, on Israel uh, was to stop and the hostages were released and um, Hamas was evaporated... Uh, today, uh, and so forth and so on, this is just perpetuated so much more dislike, disdain, hate uh, for the Jewish people and Israel around the world, and that really
3: sucks. 100%. It
0: really sucks, because um, if everything stopped and there was no more bloodshed, the fact that it happened, um, for some reason, there's always a way to spin it on, the Jews suck, Uh, I hate the Jews, and the Jews suck, and this is just... Um, Re-established that, reinvigorated that, re-educated people to continue to hate and perpetuate uh, so many uh, stereotypes and so much disdain and hate for the Jews. And and I'll I'll say for Palestinians as well. And Hamas is a terrorist group. Uh, Palestinians are, you know, the people from Palestine. But let's be clear, Hamas is a terrorist group. Right. Hamas is a terrorist group. But the amount of Jew hate, we've talked about it all the time on this podcast, the amount of Jew hate. And this is why when motherfuckers like Kanye West perk fuck, up- Fuck, I was just gonna say, fuck perpetuating- Kanye
3: West. Fuck his music, fuck, I, I can't listen to him. Fuck, exactly, go, go on with what you're saying, because fuck him.
0: No, like a motherfucker like him, like the shit that he was doing just last year, you know, perpetuating all this shit and perpetuating all these lies and perpetuating all these stereotypes about Jewish people. This is why somebody like him needs to be, you know, be shut the fuck down or off the top. But, you know, all I could say is I want peace. I know it's extremely complicated history. I want peace. I want everybody to thrive. I want, uh, you know, I don't want to see any more violence. Um. But unfortunately, this is a situation that Hamas Hamas has gotten the world into uh, because they are terrorists. They are terrorists, and they were uh, voted in to control that part of the country. And it's a fucking shame. And it's a fucking shame. And I'll also say this. As far as misinformation, disinformation, there's tons of it. Yeah. There's fake videos. There's videos that are floating around that are from video games. There's this, that, and the third. Um, The one thing I've never seen, you know, there's, you know, whether or not uh, babies were uh, killed or babies were birthed, they question that. They question, you know, the information of the tragedy and the carnage in Israel. But no one ever questions the, the carnage of the innocent, and they are innocent, the innocent people on the Gaza Strip. Uh, and que- how dare you question if what happened in Israel is accurate? How dare you question? That's like questioning uh, a 9-11. That's like questioning what Timothy McFay did when he blew up that federal building. That's like questioning what happened in Buffalo when that uh, person went in and shot all those innocent people in that supermarket. How dare you question that? And they only question it when it's in regard to uh, Jewish people. They only question that. When they're showing the carnage in Gaza, no one's saying, is that real? Is it staged? What happened? They don't do that. Uh, so, like I said, the other thing I say is really try to watch as many different points of view as possible, including ones from people that you you quote-unquote don't like or don't respect or don't fuck with.
3: Yeah, well said. I am
2: Report Podcast.
0: We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the Draft King's YouTube channel. is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. John Wall, baby, needs no introduction. Every week, the five-time NBA All-Star and the number one pick. In the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA and what's going on now in the league. CJ will bring his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John Wall will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show to give their unfiltered accounts Of what's really going on in the league from a player's perspective. So, check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you
1: listen to podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
3: You you fuck with a Theragun. No, I know that that's like a staple for you on the road and I know I don't oh, I know, you're doing it right now. I love my Theragun. You're doing it right now? I've
0: I've had a Theragun from the beginning. The OG Theragun I first had. I got the first Theragun. I have uh, my mini Theragun. I have another mini Theragun. I heard they just came out with a super Theragun. Is this a sponsor?
3: Or is this no. is this a sponsor? Or is this truly This is coming from the You just
0: said, I bring it with me on the road. Not only do I bring it with me on the road, I I do it on the plane now. I do it on the car rides. When I'm performing and I am performing next week in Chicago, this is, this is, this, now this is. This is is a promo.
3: I can feel it. This is a promo. I can feel
0: it. Me talking about Theragun is not a promo, but me telling the world that I am on the road and I am performing in Chicago the 10th, uh, October 20th, and uh, October 21st in Chicago, October 20th, October 21st in Chicago at the City Winery. That, my friend, like is that. a problem. I like that segue. And I am performing uh, in Vegas the 2nd and the 3rd of November, okay, at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club. And I am on tour uh, the rest of the, uh, the year and into January. Uh, all tickets, all information is available at michaelrapportcomedy.com. That is a promo. Me talking about a Theragun, no promo. I bought this with my money. Um, I was gifted one of the first OG Theraguns, and I, ha- I still have it. That thing is like a drill. Yeah, it's 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 I remember loud. Those.
3: I I'm, I kind of need one for my neck because I can only go so far, like turning my neck. Maybe it's my age now. Maybe that's like a fucking thing when you hit thirty-three. But I, my neck is fucked.
0: Get yourself. They're not that expensive. I'll get it. Get yourself a Theragun and, and keep the receipt, but you ain't gonna need the receipt because I'm telling you, this mini jammy right here, I am telling you right now, yo, I travel with this thing on the ride to the airport. I use it in the airport when I'm waiting. I use. I whip this puppy out, it's not loud. On the plane, I, I whip this puppy out. And when I'm waiting for my bags, I got this puppy. And then when I'm in the car ride, I got this puppy. And then of course, before shows, hotel life. I te- I just when I'm podcasting, I use this. I mean, this feet. is
3: the this is the best commercial for they they're going to get. It ain't no commercial because I, I don't. Saying, I don't get it for free. I'm just saying they should. Hopefully, they're listening. We should reach out. Oh, uh, I don't want to be here on the other end when you're doing it. You know, I, it's one thing uh, to enjoy, but I don't need to hear those sounds. What are you getting aroused? No, sicko? I'm not getting aroused. You getting aroused, no. sicko? Are you getting aroused? You want to do that with me <laughs> on the fucking other end of the screen here because I don't want to be here for it, but. I want to say this. Say it. As
0: of the recording of this Iron Rap Report Stereo podcast, the Screen Actors Guild's negotiation with the producers has come to a halt.
3: Yep. Saw that.
0: It's come to a halt. And I don't know the details of it. It's been a very, very hard week uh, stomaching everything that's going on in Israel. So I haven't gotten fully up to speed, but I, I heard from my... My SAG person, and he just said, we've come to a halt. And I just can't understand how the directors uh, had a deal quickly. The writers uh, finally got their deal. And now you don't want to give the actors their deal. I am demanding that Margot Robbie, who just made a movie that's worth a billion dollars. Leonardo DiCaprio's got a film coming out. He can't promote it with Robert De Niro. Denzel had a movie to come out. George Clooney and those guys, they need to get with SAG and be like, we're going to go in there on behalf of SAG and negotiate with you. We need our big stars to negotiate with the SAG negotiators. They need to get in front of these producers and tell them, you motherfuckers Mm -hmm. are replaceable. You motherfuckers are replaceable. You can't replace Margot Robbie. You can't replace, uh, what's my man Ken's name? Ryan Gosling. Right. You can't replace Denzel Washington. You can't replace Bob De Niro, Leonardo DiCaprio. You can't AI the jawline of Brad Pitt. That fucking jawline. You, 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 there's no CGI ing that jawline. Those big actors need to get in there and stand with the actors publicly and physically get in front of these producers and say, yo, you guys gotta fucking, you gotta give us what's fair, because this is some bullshit. Get on that union because now you got the writers writing, but you there ain't no shit to be made.
3: They they need to get on that United Nations fucking Supreme Court shit. Get them all together. The writers should have been like, "We're not making a deal until you do a deal with the actors." They should we should have had solidarity between the two. I think that would have been good. But fuck it.
0: Well, I thought we had solidarity. Not, clearly
3: not. They're like, "Fuck it. We got our deal. You guys are in the trenches."
0: We, we yeah, like, we, you know, and they're like, "Oh yeah, the writers are still with you. No, 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 you ain't no. still with us." And I get that. I get that, Joe. Everybody got to get paid. Everybody wants to do this shit, but you ain't still with us because you motherfuckers are back to work. Respectfully, right?
3: Anyway, well, I like that you're rocking your star, David, and I'm rocking my birthright sweatshirt, and we're all here in solidarity. And it's been a fucking rough time. It's been a rough few days for everybody. Feels like we're in a recession to work. This has been a hard time. This has been a really fucking difficult time for people. But hopefully, there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Keep our fucking <sighs> heads above water and just keep that sucks, dick, trekking away. Is what
0: it does. Yeah, it sucks, sucks. Big, yeah. It sucks, big elephant dick.
3: No, I was trying to do it in like kind of a therapist way, you know. But you nah. can do your the way that you do it. That's why we're here listening to the podcast because that's.
0: I'm not doing it in a therapist okay. way. That's that's why I I do the podcast so I don't have to do. Listen, right? Listen, I got my mood stabilizers. Now how's that going? I got some. Me- this guy tried to put me on lithium i'm like what the fuck
2: i say bring it on
3: fucking take the lithium take the xanax take the prozac take the fucking klonopin get on some of that fucking uh zoloft like throw it all at you i think you need all of it you're saying the doctor tried to put me on the no shit everyone wants you on that shit i want you on that shit your wife wants you on that shit i think it'd be beneficial for everybody the whole world Stop ranting and fucking raving and, and your anger issues and all that bullshit. It's time to just chill the fuck out. I, I, you need to be on a horse tranquilizer. You need that ketamine. You need whatever it is. Because you say, oh, I'm at, I'm at 10 milligrams. It's too high. Bump it up to 150. You need it. And that's the sad part is you're too mentally ill to realize that you don't need it. You think you don't have a problem. But I'm here to tell you, you do have a problem. And it's taking a toll on all your loved ones. So bring it on. I say fucking throw the medication at you. I'm off of everything. I'm off of all of my Zoloft. I'm off of all of my antidepressants. And I'm doing just fine. Who says who? It Says me. Maybe I'm fucking.
0: Med- says you. Maybe we both need Here, to be. Says you.
3: Maybe we both need says to be locked you. up. You
0: need to get re-diagnosed, Tommy. You don't sit there and diagnose me and try to tell me about myself. Says who? Okay. No, no, no one's, no one's saying. Oh, this. You're you're some treat people to say be that I seem
3: a lot brighter and a lot happier, and they say you seem like you're doing better than ever this year. This is just what the thank people you. are saying. No, no, no. It's not. Thank you. I'm not telling you that. I'm saying that's what people are telling me. It's not a compliment to you. you. No, people are saying, I seem like I'm doing better than ever without the medications. Don't say thank you. I thought you meant me. Absolutely not. Raise the shit. Raise the dose. Pivoting to um, something
0: that is really, really also upsetting. Olympic champion, the great Mary Lou Retton, is suffering from a rare form of pneumonia and allegedly reporting uh, it's reported that Mary Lou Retton is fighting for her life, and that hit me in my heart. No, no bullshit. Um, Does she sing "Loving you, learn-
3: you" is easy because you're beautiful? Do 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 do. Ooh.
0: Did, did you just ask me if Mary Lou Retton <laughs> sings the mini Ripperton song?
3: Oh, oh, sorry. I, I, no, there's nothing to joke about. I'm just—I got them confused. I thought. What the I fuck thought, is the I matter
0: what the fuck is the matter with you, man? I thought that was Minnie, Minnie Ripperton. What the fuck is wrong with you?
3: Mary Lou Retton. You're
0: asking me if Mary Lou Retton I, I, is, 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 you got Mary Lou Retton and Minnie Ripperton confused? That's easy.
3: That's an easy. No, duh. it's not
0: easy. Mary Lou Retton, the Olympic champion, America's sweetheart, who in 1984 and 1985, I was literally in love with. If you haven't read my book, this book has balls. This sports rants from the MVP of Talking
3: Trash. Because you're an author too. you soon to be New York. T- What's you're that? You're an author too. I forget that you're an author. Great book. It's it's funny One that of my you're, chapters. you're an I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but it's funny that you're an author and you wrote a book, but you, you can't distinguish there from there and your and your. I don't know how that works. Mm-hmm. I guess anyway. I've I guess gotten we're better at I. your. We're all authors. I've gotten better at you, yours and yours. You're and you're and there and there. I mean, that's incredible. That I don't know. That's incredible. There and there is a crap And You wrote a book. You see, guys, anything is fucking possible. (laughs) Kevin Garnett voice. Amazing. Anyway, continue. Sorry, no disrespect.
0: Mary Lou Retton, I was in love with her in 1984, 1985. I wrote about it in my book. This book has balls, sports rents from the MVP of Talking Trash. I literally, um, watched every single performance of hers, every competition of hers. Um, And this is during the 1984 Olympics. This is Michael Jordan's first Olympics. Patrick Ewing, uh, Wayman Tisdale, Chris Mullen, uh, Carl Lewis Olympics in LA, Edwin Moses. Um, I believe it was, um, what's the one with the long fingernails? She passed away. It was a great Olympics. 1984 Olympics was a great, great Olympics for America. A lot of great characters. Um, A lot of great stars were, were born. And I never watched gymnastics in my life, but somehow I, I, like everybody else, started watching uh, Mary Lou Retton at the United States gymnastic team. And I literally, I'm 14 at the time, I literally fell in love with her. The summer of 1984. I had all her posters on my wall. I had her Sports Illustrated cut out. I had her People magazine. I remember watching her on Johnny Carson that I believe was hosted, uh guest hosted by with Joan Rivers at the oh, time. Wow. I you were on I some stalker loved shit. Her.
3: Oh, straight up. I mean, that's like what that's like what a person does before they like storm the stage and they're like, I thought we were talking on Instagram. Like, don't you remember me? Like you're you were on some of that shit before that was like a thing. So you were were you weren't like were you so impressed with her athleticism or was it like you you were just in love with her? I was
0: in love with her bubbly personality. I loved her ass. Okay. Now now I'm I am 14 at the time. So I'm not I so got you. now I'm I'm not disrespecting I hear you. her being weird with it. I'm saying but at four, I loved her personality. I loved her flips. I loved her haircut. She had the little the little bangs haircut. I just loved how just she she seemed to have so much joy. She loved performing. And I was so out of my mind, so in love with Mary Lou Retton that in the winter, I believe it was December or November of 1984, there was a gymnastics exhibition. It wasn't even a performance. I mean, it wasn't even a competition at Madison Square
3: Garden. Oh God, you showed up. Oh man,
0: creepy. I never wanted to be in gymnastics. I didn't. I went there, there was nothing but uh, gymnastics people like you know, girls my age, uh, boys my age, but they were gymnasts, gymnastic teams, and me, Michael Rappaport, wearing a burgundy a turtleneck, burgundy jeans, and my my belt buckle that said white mic. Oh, man, if I, had I was security,
3: I would have had a field day with you. I would have thrown your ass out so quickly. I would have been like, this guy is about to do something like really alarming coming up here, we don't know what this guy's capable of, but get him the fuck out of this building. he's got posters she didn't she doesn't know you exist, brother. She didn't know you, and you're showing up to her fucking competitions and shit. Oh, so this started in an early age for you. This started at fourteen for you, okay, now we see the progression that's some that's on some creepy shit. there's a lot that I'm learning about you, which is good. It's good to know these kinds of things about your friends. But anyway, continue with the white Mike belt buckle that you wore at the, the fucking Madison Square Garden competition. To answer, to answer your question, no, I didn't get arrested. Thank God. But at a certain point, like
0: halftime of the of the exhibition, they let every all the kids. Now, I'm fourteen. So I'm technically a kid, but I'm nuts. Mary Loretta is 16 and I'm like doing the math. I'm like, she's 16. I'm 14. She's in the, you, you, you know, the, probably the 11th grade. I'm in the, going into the eighth or ninth. I'm out of my fucking mind. Like I'm literally like, yo, I'm going to go down there. I had my cologne on. I'm going to go down to the, and I'm going to tell her, I don't know what I'm going to tell her, but I'm going to tell her I love her. And like, I'm going to get her phone number. Cause at the time you get phone mm-hmm. numbers and like, we're going to go out. Where, I don't know. I got there on a fucking subway and a bus to Madison Square Garden. And at one point, they let all the the people, mostly children, uh, like myself. I was 14 again. I don't want to creep anybody out. They let all the fans down there who were all gymnasts. I'm the only one who's wearing a burgundy turtleneck, burgundy, uh, you know, jeans and a white Mike belt buckle. And I'm like staring at her. And God is my witness. She's coming close. Her brother was a security. I believe her brother's name was Sean. Because I I learned about the whole family. Because, you know, like, (laughs) I I have to get along with the brother.
3: Right. What's that? No, because that's what that's like in the stalker handbook. You got to learn about the family. You got to get acquainted with the cousins. Bring the fucking, get your fucking doctor on the phone. Get that lithium going ASAP. Should have started fucking 10 years old. But yeah, so it sounds like you still have a thing maybe for this woman. I mean, she's she's fighting right now and she doesn't want to hear from you. She's been fucking dealing with you since she was 14, <laughs> 16 years old. She, she's
0: been, she's been, Mary Lurette has been fending me off since 1984. The thing that fucked me up when I heard this is that. Mary Lou Retton doesn't have health insurance. If you win a gold medal for the United States, you should be
3: covered. That's crazy. That's like, that's like, it's like when you hear about those Oscar winners, like Ellen Burstyn, who would like, won a fucking Oscar for Requiem, or maybe she didn't win, but she's like, she can't pay her rent. It's like, how is that? How is that a thing?
0: Yeah, it's crazy. So anyway, Mary Lou Retton, just know that I've always rooted she for knows.
3: you. She's aware. Uh, we're hoping that you didn't give her any kind of fucking health problems at this point. It's been a long time now that she's been aware of you and we're all wishing her the best, but let's just put out that positive energy and, and maybe you, you don't have to do too much. Maybe you just stand out of the, <laughs> by the sidelines and just wish her best from the sidelines because you probably still know all the names of the people in her family and, and, uh, Sean, her
0: brother, Sean, right, right? Anyway. Well, it's anyway it's
3: been fun, man. and
0: It's only you, Mary Lou. I'm sending you strength. And to all the people that are listening uh, that have had people that have been affected. I know there's been a lot of uh, uh, nerves, a lot of nervous energy, you know, for the Jewish people, um, to all uh, the people out there that have had uh, a rough week. God forbid there's anybody who's had anybody that's lost um, anybody, you know, always, 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 always uh, just know that the the main objective of all the shit talking on the podcast is to give you a break, a break uh, from your thoughts uh, and give you some of my disruptive energy. And hopefully you could use some of my disruptive energy in a positive way. And I mean that with all sincerity. Um, and on that note, the young shooter, uh, you're always welcomed. We never know when you're going to be here. We never know when you're not going to be here.
3: We never know
0: when the fuck,
3: what? No, we're always excited to be here. And uh, you told me, you called me today. You said, you want to do the pod? I said, let's do it in five minutes. I'm always down to be here. This isn't isn't a fucking chore for me to be here. I want to do this every week. So anyway, I'm happy to be here i um, glad we talked about everything. Check in on your Jewish friends. Even if you aren't Jewish, check in on your Jewish friends. This is a really, really difficult time for a lot of people. And and don't be silent. And don't just, you know, say, oh, this is terrible. And just continue on. Like, check in on people. And, and this is a major tragedy. So, um, anyway, that's all I have to say.
0: Tell a friend to tell a friend to listen to the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Miles Jordan, a.k.a. The Bleach Brothers, a.k.a. The Dust Brothers, Take a Saturday with something real nice, take a Saturday with something real loud, but most importantly, end this puppy with something real funky. This, this is called the I Am Rapaport Stereo Pocket. Oh, fucking yeah, I'm out.